This is Jeff Billard, and you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hi, this is J.B. Torres, the writer, director, and the voice actor that plays King of Silas on The Rise of King of Silas. I want to thank you for being a listener and a follower of this show and to let you know about my music group, JVMP, which stands for the JV Micah Project, which is like rock and roll and pop and stuff. On the 19th of April, JVMP's first digital album will be released on Bandcamp. If you enjoy our program, I invite you to purchase JVMP's digital album. It's only $5, but you can always chip in a little extra if you so desire. You can pre-order now and get the song Aphrodite before anyone else can. And after the 19th, all tracks will be available for streaming and purchase. I truly thank you for your interest in the show and appreciate your support. Go to www.jvmp.bandcamp.com. Now, enjoy episode 26. Love, I've been thinking a lot about Jacob and Monica. They're so happy together. It won't be long before you and I, well, you and I will be... (laughs) You can't say it, can you? I don't know how I will feel about it, to be honest. (laughs) You'll make a wonderful grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, laugh it up. But you'll be grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I admit I'm not ready to be a grandfather, but I think you are ready to be a granny. (laughs) What's wrong, my love? Did I I say something wrong? No, no. I just remember my father when I first told him he was going to be a grandpa. He was so thrilled. He just couldn't contain himself, and he called all his friends and made such a grand spectacle of everything. And when Isaac was born, he was the proudest man on earth. God, I miss him so much. I know, my love. I I miss him too. It's such a shame he had to leave us. Asilas, I want you to find the people responsible for my father's death, and I want you to hang them. My father did not deserve to die. He still had so much to live for. So I know he did not take his own life. And he was an expert swimmer, so there's no way he drowned by accident. I know he wanted to be around for his great-grandchildren. He told me so, but that was taken from him. Ugh! Promise me you'll punish those responsible. We'll find them, my love, and they will pay. New Kingdom Radio Theater. 
Hi, I'm Barney Black. And I'm Tara Saraban. And we do Bloody Murder. We're a weekly true crime podcast that focuses on some of the lesser-known crime stories from Australia. And indeed around the globe. We're a comedy podcast with a dark sense of humour. But we're dead serious about murder and the people it affects. We find humour in some unexpected places. But never at the expense of the victims or their families. We've been described as the blue cheese of podcasting. Addictive, strong and satisfying. And a bit stinky. I am not. You know you are. Bloody Murder. Murder is available on your favourite podcatcher. Against the advice of the High Council, Asylus ordered Oreb to formulate a strategy to extract Lord Shelley from the claws of the Drax's secret base using the Spartans. Oreb strongly objected, saying this was exactly what the Drax wanted him to do. He explained the Drax knew the Spartans were the key to America's victory against them and insisted the whole operation in Australia was a trap. He asked the king to reconsider his position. But Osiris told Oren to ready the team of Spartans for this mission, which he himself would lead. The High Council panicked as the king put his plan into motion, and he went over the details with the Spartans to face the Drax in Queensland, Australia. Using Gabriel to teleport the team near the Drax base, Asylus led the Spartans in the middle of the night into a well-guarded black ops site, bringing the timid Gabriel along for the fight. The Spartans discovered the entire base was rigged with hybrid C4 bombs and surmised the entire operation was indeed booby-trapped. As the clock ticked to an inevitable demolition, Asylus battled Drax warriors using levitation powers and found Lord Shelley deep within the base. Locked in a cell and chained to a wall, Badly beaten and bleeding from her fingerless hands, Asylus carried Shelley back up to the surface and everyone held on to Gabriel to teleport out of the base seconds before the entire site imploded. Later on, the drags communicated with Lord Orr, but they were aghast when they saw King Asylus and Lord Shelley in bandages standing next to him. Then their communication abruptly ended. Lord Shelley, how how are you feeling? Your Majesty, why did you risk so much to save me? You could have been killed and our mission would have been lost. I wasn't going to let those monsters torture you anymore. My fingers. They cut off all of my fingers. But you're alive. And we have the best doctors in the world to fix you. Please, don't worry. You're going to be fine. You'll take some time off, go home to Oklahoma, and rest for a while. I haven't seen anyone back home in a while. I do miss Oklahoma. 
but I feel so weak and broken. I don't want anyone to see me this way. You're not weak and broken. You'll be back on top and in charge like you always are. My most trusted and... My king, forgive me for giving in to my desires. Throughout this whole ordeal, I kept thinking about you and being with you again. I know it's wrong and I feel so awkward and out of balance, but... Shelly, do you know the code name we gave the Broderband Society in Africa? The what, sir? I don't understand. I was afraid of that. Guards, arrest this imposter! Guards, take one step closer. I'll be forced to eat them alive. <laughs> Shoot him! Fire at will! That won't be enough! Shoot every bullet you have into that thing! I think he's dead, Your Majesty. Make sure. Go grab an axe next to the fire extinguisher. thing into pieces. How many pieces should I cut him into, sir? Well, that's enough. You, put all the pieces into a cloth bag and burn it until not a drop of blood or speckle of bone remains. And you, clean this mess up. As you command, Your Majesty. Your Majesty, is everything all right? Oh my, what happened here? Lord Roberts and Oreb, I'm afraid we've been bamboozled. Sir, I don't understand. We brought back someone we thought was Lord Shelley. But it wasn't her. It was a Drac shapeshifter. Oh no, that means... That means Lord Shelley is still their prisoner. And likely still being tortured. But Your Majesty, her transponder, her location was accurate. Because the transponder was in her fingertips, Lord Oreb. They cut off her fingers, obviously knowing they removed her transponder. We've lost her, Jeremy. That isn't entirely true, sir. There are two transponders inside of Lord Shelley. One in her extremities, her finger, and one in her heart. In her heart? Ooh. 
Why did you do that to her? Sir, Lord Capone and I felt since Lord Shelley is in the field more in a military capacity, there was a higher probability of her being in combat situations that could result in her extremities being damaged or amputated. Lord Roberts, your precautionary measures may have given Lord Shelley another chance at being rescued. Lord Roberts, if the auxiliary transponder tells us her location, will it also tell us if she is still alive, since it's in her heart? Her auxiliary transponder will indeed give us her vital signs, yes. One thing I don't understand, Lord Roberts. If Lord Shelley has two transponders, why were we not aware they were separated? Sir, I'll get to that. But first, we have to assume Lord Jackson gave the Drax this information about her transponder and her fingers. That's probably why he chose to cut all of them off. He knew the transponder was in one of her fingers, but he likely did not know which finger. But why would he not tell them about the transponder in her heart? I, I'm not following you. I think I know the answer, sir. Jackson, like the rest of us, didn't know about the second transponder. Indeed, since I am the surgeon who implanted the second transponder in her heart, only myself, Lords Capone, and Shelley knew about it. I didn't even know about it. Sir, this information is in her top secret file in your office. There is only one hard copy of it, no electronic file. We felt this information was too sensitive to put on a computer. Your Majesty, it was wise to keep most of our most guarded secrets from ever being put into electronic files. With all the hacks and AI systems out there, we can't risk information like this to be hijacked electronically. Anyway, so now we can search for the second transponder and get the real Lord Shelley back. Mine. 
Oklahoma girl, you got my time. Wondering where has she gone now? I'm coming back down from where you left me. We were both young, like the green of spring. You took me like the wind, you let me breathe. I lost myself in everything but these moments. Sunsets in the grass alone, thunder in my chest when you get close. Looking back down on every moment with you, we were Majesty, I haven't seen you this somber since Abigail left us. It's Lord Shelley, Dr. Ezekiel. She's still being tortured by those reptilians somewhere. We know her location, but rescuing her will be very complicated. Eduardo Galliano once said, The purpose of torture is not getting information. It's spreading fear. Is it complicated because you are afraid, sir? Maybe a little. For her... Doctor, you know how I feel about Lord Shelley. My feelings run deep. We have talked at length about your feelings for her, and you said you've been keeping your personal desires in check. What's changed? I'm torn because a part of me wants to be the one to save her, to fight her captors and pull her from the arms of doom, to be her hero. But another part of me wants to do what is strategically advantageous. And the strategy is at odds with your personal need to save her. Hmm. Let me ask you something, sir. Let's play make-believe. What if you could be with Lord Shelley in a romantic way? How would that dynamic work? She has a wife. You have a wife. She is a fierce, battle-tested warrior. You're a fierce, battle-tested warrior. I don't know much about Lord Shelley's personal relationship, but what I do know is her spouse is a sweet, loving, humble, caring individual, as is your wife, the Queen. Do you see what I'm saying? No, Doctor. I'm not following you. Sir, in my opinion, people with fierce type A personalities, like you and Lord Shelley, you need someone who balances you. Your spouses, your better halves, they are the opposite of a type A personality. Look, think about all the things Queen Rebecca brings to your marriage. She is supportive, she's understanding, and she's very patient with you. If you and Lord Shelley were in a real relationship together, in my opinion, you would want to kill each other in a matter of months. Once the passion subsides, you'll be in a situation with another dominating personality just like yourself. And most people are unable to live with a person like themselves. I see what you mean now, Doctor. Sir, I know you care about Lord Shelley in a way that is very personal. And I'm sure you want to save her because she means so much to you, not just because of your fantasies with her, but because she is important to the mission to save humanity. She's important to all America, whether people know it or not. She is vital to you in more ways than you have fingers on your... Dear God, that was a terrible analogy. My my apologies, Your Majesty. That 
<laughs> that was awful, Doctor. But I know you didn't mean it. A slip of the tongue. And you keep going. <laughs> In a guarded covert operation, King Asalis, Gabriel, and Lord Oreb devised a plan to rescue Lord Shelley from another secret base in Australia. A team of Spartans, which included Gideon and King Asalis, went through a maze of underground tunnels and were met with little resistance. To avoid leaving Gabriel exposed, he was strapped to Gideon's back in a fetal position. The team made it past some Australian soldiers with relative ease and made their way to the cell block where Lord Shelley was being housed. Asylas rushed to Shelley, who was very weak, and put her over his shoulder. As the teams made their way to the exit, the end of the main corridor was illuminated brightly. One of the Spartans went first to see what the source of the bright light was. As he made his way to the mouth of the exit, the Spartan froze in position and even dropped his weapon. The remaining team, including Asalis, made their way to the exit and saw what made the Spartan freeze. The Spartans and the Silas held on to each other as Gabriel teleported them all back to New Eden and avoided sudden capture as an alien ship closed in on them. What did you and the team see over there? It's hard to describe. It was an aircraft unlike anything the military possesses. An aircraft? You mean like a UFO? Exactly like a UFO. I've seen many types of alien aircraft, Jeremy. I've seen what the Drax are in possession of. But what we saw in Australia was something even I have never seen. But was it a Drax ship, sir? I don't know, Jeremy. I believe it was. Come in. Your Majesty, I've completed the preliminary examination of Lord Shelley. And? And she suffered immense physical trauma. Of course, she lost all of her fingers and lost a lot of blood. We're giving her a transfusion now. She's expected to make a full recovery, but... But what? Sir, she may suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Her reactions are similar to soldiers who suffer from PTS. I'm concerned since she's a member of the High Council, and this is a very critical time, Your Majesty. It's still early, and we'll give her all the therapy. That's enough, Lord Roberts. I want you to personally oversee her recovery. I need her to tell us what those creatures did to her, 
and find out all she remembers. But, sir, that may not be as easy as it seems. Do it, Lord Roberts. Make it happen sooner rather than later. Too much is at stake. Yes, Your Majesty. Sir, if we don't even know what kind of weapons the Drax have, how can we defend against them? Lord Orb, I think it is time we dig up those weapons our insane forefathers worked on in the last century. Nobody knows where they got those weapons, but something tells me they came from the enemy of our enemy. Sir, they've never been tested on the battlefield. We have no way of knowing if they will even work. Well, Jeremy, I can't think of a better time than today to see if they actually work. I want you to start working on it this instance. Waste no time. Have the Spartans try them first. If they're as dangerous as we think they are, we'll need our toughest soldiers to handle them. It's do or die now. And as for the Australians, they're going to burn in the hell of our fury for their betrayal of humanity. say you are a man of destiny, but you don't know what your destiny is. The notion of destiny gives you an excuse for failure. <laughs> and you don't like to fail at anything, do you? Who are you? What do you mean by what you say? I have no name of Silas, and it wouldn't matter anyway. What matters is I have something you want more than anything else in this world. Really? And what is that? You want understanding. You want to know what is going to happen and how you can assure victory against those you call monsters. And I suppose you can give this to me at the expense of my soul. Am I right about this? <laughs> your soul has already been claimed, fool. Though he that holds the key to your soul does not want me to give you the answers you seek. But I will give them to you. All I want is something you can easily and freely give. You are an intense man. Just what this world needed. At the perfect time. Well, what is it that you want? It's gonna take a little more than a seductive look in your eyes to trick me into doing or saying anything. Do you hear me? Feel me? Oh, 
listening to The Rise of King of Silas, episode 26, Tremble in Revulsion, starring J.V. Torres as King of Silas, Jeff Ellis as Dr. Ezekiel, Stephen Fisher as Lord Jeremy Oreb, Meg McDonald as Queen Rebecca, Angeli Fitch as Lord Roberts, Shane Maester as Lord Anna Patricia Shelley, Austin Beach as Russell, Kevin Oaken as Guard, Tara Fox as Shadow Woman, and narrated by Sergei Breshnikov. This episode features the song Oklahoma Girl by Honey Blue. Check out the music of Honey Blue today on iTunes and Spotify. Other contributions by Joshua Scott, Stephen Fisher, Sergei Cheremisinov, Raphael Crux, JVMP, Freesound.org, and Audio Jungle. For more information about the cast, the music, or this production, or to purchase merchandise, please visit us at www.theriseofkingofsilas.com and click the support page. And we thank you for your support. And now, a word from our podcast friends. An anthology of stories in a universe of universes. A podcast called Chronosphere Fiction. Immerse yourself in the worlds of Gafgarn the Eternally Unfurnished. Monday through Friday at the Smith's Residence. Thicker than water. The zombie apocalypse of going to pieces. Aussie artificial superintelligence. These and more are waiting for you on the podcast, Chronosphere Fiction. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland. Copyright 2019. And stay tuned for episode 27. My name is David Tyson and I play Dave in Fifty Shades of Dave. Tune in tonight.